The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. And we're back. Um, this is really exciting. We have Benjamin Albright uh, joining us again. Uh, ben, I think the last time you, you joined us, uh, Broncos reporter, um, radio host, Twitter personality. I don't know how you feel about Twitter right now, but we won't get well, to What's Twitter? What's Twitter? It doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> but I think last time we, we did this, we were like three or four episodes in and, and <laughs> Maddie and I couldn't even figure out how to start a Zoom meeting, let alone <laughs> invite someone. So thanks for coming back. This is really exciting. We've got um, teams showing up for preseason right now. So uh, we'd, we'd love to kind of get your take on the NFL preseason things that that you're hearing around the league and and what people might not be looking at or listening to and and uh maybe to keep their eyes peeled a bit Manny yeah any any additional thoughts no it's good it's always like you know OTAs starting is always kind of like bittersweet right it means your summer's like half over but it means football's a little bit closer so I, I feel like it's it's about time to start ramping up and start thinking about some of these things so the machine is moving and we got the guy on today to help us figure out what's going on back there before we get going. So should be fun. And so I buried the lead. Um, I, I got buried literally by everyone, every listener uh, being a Denver Bronco fan living in new England last year. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> so Ben, why should I, I be as excited as I am for, for this year? I know it's been a lot more buttoned up out in Denver, but anything that, that you can point to that stands out as a, a reason for optimism for Broncos fans? Well, I think you've got a core competency with this coaching staff. You know, one of the, yeah. one of my main problems, I think when we did all these things last year and everybody asked for concerns and, and I said, well, you know, we've got a coaching staff that has no executive experience on it whatsoever. And, mm-hmm. uh, and that bothered me. And that, that came to play out during the season as a problem. You know, uh, we, yeah. we saw not having that experience, things slip through the cracks. I mean, we, we had a head coach who couldn't even get the play calls in on time. So yeah. um, I think that now with Sean Payton, whatever you think of Sean Payton, and I'm not the biggest fan of Sean Payton, the person, but I am a big fan of Sean Payton, the coach. Um, is, you know, hey, look, this guy's got core competency. He's been around a while. He hired a lot of core competency. Um, you know, whether or not you like Joe Lombardi, which, again, I'm not a big fan of Joe Lombardi, but, um, you know, you bring in Mike Westoff, yeah. who's one of the, you know, has oodles of experience. Vance Joseph's a former head coach uh, yeah. who has been here before. These guys have plenty of experience at, at, at coordinator or better level positions. And that's that's big. That's a huge thing. And I think that having that experience will help out. Uh, the defense is going to be a little bit different. Uh, you know, you're kind of zigging when everybody else is zagging. Um, the Broncos and Vic Fangio kind of made that quarters match, you know, send the least yeah. amount of pressure possible philosophy popular yeah. over the last couple of years between Fangio and Averill. And now uh, you're bringing Vance Joseph back. And Vance is from the Wade Phillips school, which is put your corners out on an island and send everything at the quarterback. That's right. And, 
So that's that's going to be a little bit different. Um, I think, you know, everybody's kind of getting used to how to beat the quarters match thing, which is nickel and dime in the flats until you get a busted coverage and then throw it deep. So maybe yep. having a different defensive scheme will kind of help out uh, with that because you can always mix some of that in. Um, right. You know, it'll be it'll be a middle of field closed defense instead of middle field open. You know, last couple of years we've seen uh, two deep man under, you know, cover four, cover two, that kind of stuff. Uh, you're going to see a lot of cover one, cover three, cover zero, um, you know, out of this defense. So uh, a little bit different. I also think you're going to see a lot more four man fronts. Um, you know, we talk about nickel base now, but you're going to see a lot less three, three, five, like we've seen the last couple of years. And you're going to see a lot more uh, two, four, five, which is, you know, two defensive tackles, two, two down linemen. Uh, and then you'll have linebackers and, and you'll have uh, uh, with the two, four, five or the four, two, five that they that advance runs, which is a hybrid of what, um, Gary Patterson ran at TCU, you'll have that spur, you know, and it's a hybrid safety linebacker. I think Kareem Jackson is probably going to fill that role. Will Parks used to fill that role when Vance was here before. Yep. Um, and I think Kareem's going to be that role, whereas your two high safeties would be uh, Justin and, and Caden Stearns. So uh, there, there's going to be interesting. There's a lot of optimism. Uh, I'll say Drew Sanders is uh, uh, was, was incredibly, incredibly he late. Play. Yeah, that guy can play. He's, he's just, well, I mean, I don't know if he can play, but I know he's a phenomenal athlete. Let me put it that way. Okay, um, that's fair. Yep. Being seeing what I've seen so far, he hasn't put the pads on like, like in front of me. So, okay. uh, but in shorts and a helmet, he's the most athletic guy on the field. And it's six foot yeah. five and, and you know two hundred sixty pounds. Um, he can easily be an edge rusher or an inside backer or whatever. Vance Joseph likes to use those inside backers differently. He likes to send one downhill, uh, and then he likes to send one backwards. And I think having Alex Singleton and Drew Sanders back there gives you some interesting options because, you know, Drew's a hell of a pass rusher, and he can kind of fit that Todd Davis role, get down there and get after the quarterback. Um, you know, but they're both omnidirectional guys. And then, of course, you got Josie, who's got all-world instincts, uh, even if he doesn't have the athletic profile. So, you know, I think there's a plenty to be optimi- optimistic about, specifically on the defense. On the offense, uh, it hinges on Sean Payton and Russell Wilson's marriage and uh, and Russ returning to being Russ. Um, and and those are question marks. Those are things we'll find out. Yep. You think um, – I know, you know, a lot of these moves were made in time because the Payton signing was was early – do you think their free agency moves are going to give them the personnel they need to play this defense? Or do you think it's going to be sort of like mix and match, find some stuff that fits, but it's not quite fully there yet? Well, um, I think the question mark there becomes Damari Mathis. You know, mm-hmm. we, we know what pretty much everybody else on this defense is. What's Damari Mathis going to look like in a man scheme? Now, you know, he played a lot of press man uh, and, and press bail uh, at Pitt. So, you know, I, I think he's capable of doing it. He, he got started really slow. I mean, that, that opening game he came out there and started was just brutally bad. Yeah. Um, but by the end of the year, he looked he looked pretty serviceable. So that he's going to be the key question mark there because, of course, you let Ron Darby go. And Ron's a good corner, man. Um, yeah. I was I was a little surprised that they did that. Ron's, Ron's a good corner. Um, and then I think they're going to miss him a little bit. So we know what Sertan is. We know what Justin is. Um, I think everybody who's been to camp knows what Caden can be if he's healthy, um, even if you guys haven't seen it in the game yet. Uh, yeah. So, you know, the rest yeah. of that stuff, I think you know what you got. Um, you know, you, Zach Allen is – uh, a little bit better at what they want to run here than Draymond was, you know, Draymond, Draymond wanted to just kind of get after the passer and didn't really want to hold up with the run fits. And, you know, Zach Allen's a little bit better at holding up those run fits. So. Yeah. Yeah. It, so are there any areas you see, whether it's offense, defense, I know, you know, everyone, <laughs> a lot of Broncos fans got excited when Schefter <laughs> reported about Dalvin cook. And, um, and I know you, you've sort of poo-pooed that, Hey, that's not, he doesn't fit the scheme. He's not a Peyton guy. And so anyway, are there any other free agents that are out there, not cook, whether it's running back, whether it's, you know, depth at the offensive line or defensive line that, that you think might um, potentially unfold? 
Uh, I think the one to keep your eye on if you want the running back is Kareem Hunt. Um, yeah. Kareem is what, you know, what Sean Payton uses. Uh, he's got a relationship with one of the coaches on staff who was his coach in Toledo. Um, you know, there's, there's, some, yeah, there's some, some, you know, there's some interest there. And I do think, especially if Javante, I mean, they didn't put Javante on the pup, but uh, again, where he's at with this, with this, uh, with this recovery is, is, is absolutely insane, but I don't know that he's ready to, you know, to get out there and right. plant and go and all that and run as violently as he runs. And Samaj P. Ryan is an excellent B back, but yep. he's that guy that because of his running style um, wears down, you know, if you've ever watched him as a starter, like he'll put up excellent numbers, like eye popping numbers for two games. And then because of his style, his body just starts to break down yeah. and you get diminishing returns, the more you use from him. So you want to keep him fresh. Um, yeah. Kareem Hunt fits the scheme, you know, Dalvin cook doesn't fit the scheme at all. Dalvin cook's not out here running option routes, you know I mean? Like he's no. just not, he does. Um, and so he just doesn't really fit the scheme. And then I, I you know, th- that was the thing I, I saw people reporting on Dalvin cook, but I talked to people in the building and they're like, no, no interest. No, he doesn't fit the team. He's got some off field issues and those have recently come to light finally. Um, and you know, and all that kind of, so I, I kind of was like trying to steer everybody away from that. Like guys, this isn't happening on top of the fact that they don't have the money for it or the cap space for it rather. Um, you know, there's all these other things going on. So I tried to steer everybody from that one, but, um, I guess they're starting to figure that out now. He can't, Uh, he can't find a deal anywhere right now. Well, there's, yeah, there's teams out there. He's leveraging. Um, it's going to be, I think it's going to be Miami. Yeah. It makes the most sense. Yeah. yeah. Right. He's leveraging the jets and the pats to try to get a little more money out of Miami. Um, you know, Miami's where he wants to be. It's kind of home for him and all that. So, um, that's, that's really what that's about. I, I think Dalvin winds up in Miami. That would be scary. I mean, that's where it's always kind of made sense. And he's his efficiency went down last year. So he's not the same Dalvin. But, you know, if you've got A-chain replacing some of that burst explosive play and you let Dalvin do the rest and then they've got the rest of those guys there who are in and out of the lineup, that could be scary. But, yeah, running backs in general have been – are we finally at the point? Are we officially at that point where the league has decided, like, hey, we just are not going to pay these running backs. We're going to take guys in the first, second, third round – and we're going to run them into the ground and then re-sign them, just redraft them again and reshuffle. Like, what? Have we finally gotten to that point? What do you think? Um, I think so. There are some teams that recognize. I mean, you're going to have some teams that are doing something different, like Tennessee. Sure. Um, and and I think that there's value to that. I think you're going to see a pivot. You know, 11 personnel has really been the personnel grouping for the last couple of years in the league, and I think you're going to see yeah. a lot more 12 this coming season. Um, yep. as defenses have gotten lighter, then offenses are going to come back and get heavier and punish it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think the pendulum will swing back a little bit this year. And I've talked to a couple of DCs and, and OCs who kind of think that's the trend, um, is, you know, it's going back to too tight. So, you know, we'll see, um, we'll see how that shakes out, but yeah, for right now, teams have been reticent to do that because if you look, uh, and you pay them, you just, you just, I mean, look what happened to Ezekiel Elliott and all that kind of stuff. Unless that running back is, mm-hmm. is basically a receiver as well, a la Kamara. McCaffrey. McCaffrey, right. Um, you just, you know, it's just not there. Now, what you're going to see, and this is something that was that was told to me that I haven't really put out there yet. I was going to do an article on it. I just kind of ran out of steam to type it up. But um, is is the, the devaluation of the wide receiver position. Mm. Because there are so many wide receivers that are prepared to play coming out of college now yep. um, because everybody in college runs four wide receiver sets. So, so many guys get reps that the undrafted guys are still, you know, decent. So you're going to see a, 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 the smart team start to devalue the receiver position, just not just plug and play their next man up on the receivers. Yeah. Um, you know, yep. and, and kind of keep a, a pipeline going like that. Sean Payton has already been like that most of his career. You know, you pay one receiver and then you got a pipeline right. for the rest of them, right? 
So I think you're going to see that as a philosophy coming up from the analytics people that, you know, we talk about not paying running backs, not paying receivers is going to be the next thing. The litmus test there might be the Giants. That's what Dayball looks like he's doing, right? They just keep signing slot guys and they don't, they have a deep threat they drafted. They got a couple other guys, they got slot guys. They're going to let Barkley work. We'll see if it works. Like that's kind of the, I feel like they're the barometer for this is they're not paying. They don't have an alpha. There's no one. There's, there's no X or Y there really. It's just a bunch of slot guys. So that's interesting. I hadn't thought of that angle. Makes sense. Well, I know I know the, you know, a bunch of the running backs, the marquee running backs got together on a Zoom call the other night too. And is there mm-hmm. any actual next step they can take or, you know, how limited are they with the CBA? And, you know, they'd be taking money from other positions potentially if there's any sort of CBA adjustment, I would imagine. I don't know. Is is there anything that is going to come of this or could come of, of the conversations? Uh, it's tough because what leverage do they have? You know, at right. the end of the day, what leverage do they have? Um, and and the real, I think the real thing here is the only leverage that they would have, because even if you as a group decide to boycott, that doesn't, you know, it hurts your, your rivals. Like if you're looking at this as general manager, you're like, well, everybody else is running back is boycotting. Why do I care? You know? So, um, you know, that, I don't think that that's, uh, they don't really have any leverage. Um, yeah. You're going to have to, with contract negotiations, come up with a, with a start doing uh, incentive-based, right. yeah. those kinds of things, because that's the only way you're going to recoup that money. Right now, the, the uh, you know, the, the average kick, I think the, the kicker franchise tag is, uh, is, is almost as valuable as a running back franchise. Yeah. It's just not great. So, um you know, I think uh, I, I don't know how to solve that. There are a lot of people that say they know how to solve it. And then when you start to delve into their plans, they fall apart. I, I think you, it's almost going to have to be some kind of incentive based contract type thing going forward. But the problem with incentive based contracts is twofold. One, likely to be incentive uh, earned incentives fall under the cap right now. So you That's can't right. fix that in the CBA. Uh, and then two, teams that uh, are not in contention have shown historically that if they have a bunch of guys on incentive based contracts, they're putting so, them on the pine and putting the other guy in. Right. Yep. Yep. I saw, Um. I think it was Dominique Foxworth. He had floated. It'll never happen, but it was kind of a cool idea. There's this pool of money that they, it was like 300 something million dollars that the NFL has an escrow for undrafted free agents who exceed the expectations. They kind of pay him out a little bit. And he was saying, Hey, you know, as these running backs hit certain thresholds at the higher levels, like give them an extra two, three, four million. I don't know that that solves this, but I think it's not a bad move, but what incentive again does the NFL have? Like, why does Goodell care? Why would he care about that? Like, it's hard. Yeah, you talk about the performance-based pool, uh, pay yeah. pool, and, and yes, and that's about the only way you could solve that. But how are you going to give them a bump without while taking money out of the out of the mouths of somebody else? And that's yeah. that's really you know at the end you you, you walk away with that. It just sucks. Uh, it's it sucks because running back is a valuable position, but it's tough to get teams on board with paying them. And to be honest, yeah. like. I understand balking at the franchise tag, but at the same yeah. time, I don't understand balking at the franchise tag. It's guaranteed money. Even if you get hurt, yeah. you get hurt week one, that whole contract for the year is guaranteed. Yeah. So if it's me, that's what I'm signing those franchise tenders and rolling with it. You know, and if I yeah. need to make a business decision later on, fine, but all that money's guaranteed no matter what. So I think they're, yeah, they're looking at what used to be possible and they're like, oh, I don't want the one year. I want the three guaranteed. And I get that, right. but like, you know, the, the landscape has changed for sure. Yeah, here's the thing. Like the running back franchise tag is was is 10.1 for the first year, 11.8 for the second year, something like that. So you come across with about $22 million over the course of two years, right? So any deal that you were going to sign would already have to have that $22 million guaranteed built in over yeah. the first two years, right? So yeah. it, to me, it, it, like a lot of people, Lev Bell specifically, got horrible financial advice. So uh, on really 
things. Just just take the franchise tags and go. I get you don't have the long term security, but don't pass on the guarantee. Don't pass on guaranteed dollars to 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 come back and get unguaranteed pennies. Yeah, yep. I mean that's what Jacobs is going to have to do. They're already saying he's going to come back. They'll come. Those guys will come back and. Every contract, every contract in the league is really a two-year contract with team options after that. Every yep. contract. So yep. why yep. not just do the, do the franchise tag thing and be done with it? You know what you're getting. You know what the money is. You know they can only tag it twice, and then that's it. Yeah, it just is. What I mean, it is. Cousins has yeah. sort of mastered that, right? Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I, I know it's different. crazy. On hey, as at, for Cousins, by the way, did you guys both finished quarterback? Have you watched the whole thing yes. on Netflix? Yeah. yeah. I, I like I knew this about cousins, but I was shocked to learn that he basically lives the same kind of life that I do, just with hundreds more millions of dollars. Like he <laughs> he he came home from that that playoff loss, and he was like, "Oh, it's trash night." And then he's like, "All right, I'm gonna read the kids to the stories." I'm like, "Damn, man, I would be in a cave by myself for a week if I lost that game." Like he is really just that guy. He's just gen- genuinely just having a nice time out there. But they did a good job. So Manny and I have been texting a little bit, and we're like, "Okay, what teams are are due for a little bit of regression?" So. We talked mm-hmm. about the Vikings, but just how many close Obvious. games they won, and that doesn't generally happen. There's and they're playing a harder games. schedule, whereas before they were playing a third place schedule. Yeah. But are there other teams around the league where you think either there's you know positive or negative regression that that you're either hearing buzz from other reporters or um, that you know you look at the roster, you look at the moves that they've made, whether it's coaching staff, et cetera, that you that jump out at you. Well, I, I always tell people the same thing. Look for a second-year staff or a second-year mm-hmm. coaching staff um, that lost a lot of close games the year before, mm-hmm. you know, or won a, a lot of close games the year, one-score games. And look at it, look at their disproportional. If they had a huge, like, we lost a bunch of one-score games we shouldn't have or we won a bunch of one-score games. We those are your candidates for regression. Also look at turnovers. Any team that uh, yep. uh, turned the ball over a lot – um, is is probably not going to do that again two years in a row. Like teams just think yeah. turnovers are not something that are that's sticky. Like no. Nope. So if you generated a ton of turnovers and got points off that, or if you turn the ball over a lot, um, you probably not going to happen. You know, year to year, back to back like that. So no. Those are usually the candidates to look at. The Broncos don't have a second year staff, but they do fit most of that criterion. Uh, they turn the ball over a lot. You know, those kinds of things. A lot of one score losses, close game losses. Yep. Um, those kinds of things. So the Broncos are a candidate for, for ascendancy. Um, obviously the Vikings are, are a, a candidate for regression. Um, hmm. you know, the AFC East is an interesting thing to me because, um, you, you've got uh, a Jets team that everybody's got expectations on a Bills team. that's already good. Um, a, a Patriots team that's good with, uh, with a, a much, much better offensive coordinator this year. I don't even know why, how Matt Patricia and, you know, I mean, I, I don't even understand. I don't want to get into that. <laughs> You're speaking to our, our fan base here. There. Belichick. Yeah. Belichick tried to get a little cute. I think he got a little cute. Right. It'll just make me mad. And then you've got a Miami yeah. football team that's pretty good too. Although I am not a tool believer. Um, you know, and that, that's the thing. Like, I think I think Mike McDaniel got every last drop out of Tua he could last year, and I'm not sure that it's going to be better this year, especially because the thing about Tua, and yeah, he's left-handed, and that you know, there's a set and the other. But I think the main problem with him is he has never learned how to fall. Ever. You ever watch, he takes you so ever many hits. Him? Yeah, you watch him take a hit, and you're like, that guy falls stiff as a board. Like he yep. doesn't go, he doesn't go loose, and that's why he gets these concussions. Mm-hmm. Um, so somebody yep. needs to take him to some judo classes and, you know, and let him teach him how to fall. <laughs> uh, maybe, he it's, can, maybe he can save his career. It's true though. Cause look at, we had this whole discourse this off season about uh, Bryce young. He's so small. He's so small. Like he proved it at 
NFL light in the SEC that if you know how to avoid hits, you don't need to be massive. Like you can make plays. I and mean, that's the Mahomes blueprint, right? Obviously, he's the whole package. But like, yeah, Tua, man, like he's good. He was efficient last year. He was, you know, up and to the right in basically every single metric. But man, can you count on him to play? And then you're, it's the Mike White show, which, man, who knows? Who knows <laughs> at that point? That's scary. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I think like in terms of, I feel like the Ravens are still being slept on. They're always every other year. They're scary. And I think that offense could be a lot of fun for once. And the defense is always good. They feel a lot like the, the Broncos to me. They feel like similar teams. We're going to find out if Lamar Jackson can throw this year because yeah. what Todd Martin wants to run is kind of a, um, a three and four wide hurry up, bang, bang, go, go kind of offense. And it's going to be yep. interesting to see because Greg Roman tailored that thing. And Greg Roman gets gets a lot of blame for a lot of things. But I'll tell you this, guys have career years with Greg Roman. Go look at yep. Kaepernick. Go look at Tyrod Taylor. Um, yep. You know, go look at, uh, you know, go look at the guys he helped in college. All these mobile quarterbacks that nobody can get any production out of, he gets production out of. Um, yeah. And so, you know, I, I, it's going to be interesting to see with Lamar in a wildly different offense uh, where he is going to be forced to throw, um, you know, what, what he's able to do. I'm not, I'm not writing him off, but I'm not writing him in. Either. You see like, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm neutral on this one. I got to stay. I'm from the, I was born in Missouri. It's the show me state. Yeah. So you know, go ahead <laughs> yep. and show me and then we're good. Yep. I, I think, you know, the NFC North is going to be tough too, right? The Bengals are going to be right back where they were. Um, and the Browns got better. Who knows Watson, you know, if uh, he's able to, he can um, still play. There's no way he forgot how to play quarterback, um, but, and, and I don't think Pittsburgh's a bad team. So it's interesting, no. but I did want to touch on the NFC because I, as I've been looking at rosters and depth charts and you're trying gonna, to figure is, it out, you're going to trash the lions. No, I, I'm not going to trash the lions. I think everyone's a little too early on the lions, but okay. the NFC North seems to be a little bit of a disaster. I think yeah. three of the four best teams are in the NFC East. Um, the South is the, too. The, the North and the South are both a disaster. Conference, but I don't know, Ben. Any thoughts on NFC teams that that stand out or that that you have sort of leading the way outside of Philly and San Francisco, or is that what we should kind of expect? Well, keep your eye on Dallas. Um, they yeah. have continuity there. I mean, the offense. You know, Kellen Moore moved on, but to re- to be honest with you, Kellen Moore's offense was kind of simple, and he bombs oh, yeah. the coaching interviews. Um, you know, I, I'll say this, that you got Dan Quinn, you got Brian Schottenheimer. Uh, so Broncos fans should kind of have an eye on that simply because that could have been <laughs> two years in a row could have been, um, you know, the head coach here. And I'll say this, uh, you know, the, here's a story people don't know. So with the, um, with the Sean Payton thing, Sean Payton wasn't even option three. Like he was not even like they, you know, they were, they were looking at, uh, uh, Harbaugh and that was the guy, like that was who they wanted. That's what I told Gibby. That's what um, I told him. And that was, they were all in on that, but they weren't, you know, they couldn't get him to, you know, couldn't get him to get off the pot. You know what I mean? And he's got uh, a good team this year. That's why he knows he can win the title. Well, it is that and there's, there's some other things going on there too, but he's, he's yeah. Harbaugh's one of those people too, that doesn't want to interview. He's like, I'm the guy. Like if you, if you're coming to get Jim Harbaugh, yeah. I'm the guy. Yeah. And so like that was, you know, he, there's a little ego there and he's a little difficult to work with and that kind of stuff. Well, yep. the backup plan there was, it was D'Amico Ryan's and yep. you know, they kind of, they kind of had that ball rolling, and then all of a sudden they went back to they flew back out to Michigan to go court. I remember this. Right. Yes. Well, Domingo got wind of it, and all of a sudden he pivoted the other direction. He's like, oh, I would touch the Broncos now. Now I'm going to Houston. Um, and so that happened. So at that point, the Broncos were lost because they knew they weren't getting Harbaugh. They knew they yeah. weren't getting Ryan's, and they didn't want to spend the first, you know, spend the draft capital and the salary right. to get Sean Payton. So they they dialed up Dan Quinn and asked him if he would come take the job after Dan had recommitted to Dallas. Uh, on the, uh, you know, on, and, and so Dan told him, yeah, hey, look, uh, I give him my word. Um, I'm staying in Dallas. I give, I give Jerry my word. I'm not breaking. I'm staying in Dallas. 
so it could have been, it really could have been Dan Quinn again, but, um, you know, oh, that's, that's the thing. yeah. So that it would have been, been Brian Schottenheimer is the offensive coordinator and, um, you know, reuniting with Russ in his 2020 season that, you know, it had Russ cooking and all that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, no, instead we've got Sean Payton here and I'm not, you know, I don't want to go back and naysay anybody or anything like that. I just, just giving everybody a little context, a little background. If you want a team to watch, I think Dallas is a team to watch. I think with Brian okay. Schottenheimer, who's, whose offense is, uh, uh, what's a nice way to say this, uh, verbose, um, yes. you know, if Dak can, can get all that, I think that, uh, I think they'll be better off. I just think that his offense is better than Keller. I mean, Keller Moore's is, is sexy because you're coming out 11 personnel all the time and throwing the ball, but it's, it's really, uh, there's a lot of static routes there and it's, it's really kind of simple and, and it, it kind of got figured out. Yeah. There was too much talent in Dallas. And I know like Dak didn't have a great year last year, broke his finger, but a lot of those interceptions were not, they were not on him. Yeah. Like they just weren't. So they definitely have that feel. They feel like a team that could use Dalvin as well. Like, but I don't, they would have done it by now. I feel like, so I don't know about that, but I think they're you're like, right. They like Tony Pollard down there. I think they'll be, I think they'd be all right with that. The NFC North is uh, just a, just a bleep show. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. Justin Fields. We can't figure out if the guy can throw or not. And the game yeah. looks way too fast for him, but man, can he run? Uh, you so got Jordan Love, who nobody believes in, including Jordan Love's family. Uh-huh. Uh, you've got the Minnesota Vikings who, you know, we already talked about that. And then, you yep. you know, you've got the, uh, the Detroit Lions, well, we might as well call them the Detroit Lions because they still can't feel the defense. So, right. um, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting. That's an interesting division to me. And then who mentioned the South, I, you know, Baker Mayfield down there, it could be a resurrection with him. I like the OC they've got down there in Tampa. That'd be interesting to see. And then uh, I'm not a Desmond Ritter believer, but I am a believer in Arthur Smith. So we'll see yep. what the Falcons can do this year. They'll, they will grind out nine, 10 wins and make the playoffs and win that division. Although a lot of people give it, you were saying a lot of people still pick the saints. Like people have the saints for day, yeah. but I don't I know. I think it's the, it's the quarterback, right. That everyone knows, um, you know, but, yeah, but if but you look at the rest of the, over roster, the past couple of years, he's been worse than Jimmy G. Yeah. So, um, I mean, well, if Jimmy G could play. <laughs> yeah. If he steps on the field. Yeah. Yeah, some also have a great defense. So that's the thing. They've got a right. pre-built defense there that plays yeah. really well on the defensive coach. So. Yeah. Um, so kind of last question for me, like, are there, you know, we're seeing a lot of articles about rankings and, you know, all the position rankings and team rankings. And I know it's way too early to, to really start to consider that, but are there other stories that folks around the NFL have been, you know, talking about that, that might not be out there in the media, you know, we're starting to hear more stories about gambling suspensions and, um, you know, the running back piece as well, but, but anything else that that fans and and people that follow the league should kind of keep their eyes open to? Uh, well, certainly the gambling stuff. Um, you know, it's it's kind of weeding out the knuckleheads, and I hate to say that because you know here in Denver, but you know that that's the thing. I mean, the rules are very very clear. You can't possibly miss them. Um, you know, and, and to be fair, like most of these guys do it anyway. They just, you know, you you, you go get your brother to open an account, and, right. you know, on a burner phone, and then you put it. Like everybody knows how you do this. I don't know why um, they, you know, they're they're doing it the way they're doing it, but whatever. Um, yeah, the gambling thing is uh, is big. The running back stuff is, you know, is big. And I think, like I said, I think you're going to see a a shift from a wide open basketball on grass to some teams shifting back to kind of power. Um, you know, as defenses have gotten smaller and lighter and faster, they're going to try and take advantage of that with some power run. 
And, and I think the pendulum is going to swing back a little bit the other way. That's a, that's another thing that, you know, if you look at the Fangio defense, which is taking the league by storm, um, it, it can be susceptible. It dares you to run on first and second down. And that's the reason the Chargers have been brutally bad uh, is because they don't have the personnel to hold up against the run. They're daring you to run. And then when you do it, you're successful. So, um, you know, that's that's one of the things I apologize. We have the lightning that's happening there. But um, I like that. Yeah. But uh, no, that's that's you know, that's the thing is. Uh, I think you're going to see us a, a pen. Everybody's talking about the passing game, and all of a sudden, the run, you know the the run game's got to be sexy again. Yeah, there's a lot of running back. I mean, look how many running backs just came out of these last two drafts that can play. And his guys, we got guys like Pacheco coming out of nowhere, who basically are P Ryan types, right? They just grind you down, and then you have a satellite back who can catch passes, and it's just enough to get the job done. So, yeah, I feel like there'll be a it'll be a quantity over quality type situation with the running back rooms where they're just going to piece it together. Like the Patriots have been doing this for years. I guess Ramondre Stevenson is probably a true um, one, but for a long time, they just mix and match of a couple guys. They have James White catching passes and they'd have somebody else running the ball down the middle. Like it can happen. It can work. I think you're right. And we might be swinging because you're right. The NFL does this, right? We always swing back and forth. You know, once somebody figures out how Mahomes is doing it, although he's in his own world, they just go the other way. So this could be a fun year. It could be all different. Could be new. Yeah. And the Pats have been doing it for a while. I mean, it wasn't, you said James White, but before that it was Kevin Falk, you know? Yep. Woodhead. Same guys. Yeah. Like the, they've, just they've had, they've they've had a, a formula for a while. Yep. I mean, again, and Gibby and I have talked about this with that whole team, like Brady changes the calculus there no matter what, but still like that's what they ran. And I think people are going to try to emulate it. So makes sense. Yep. I think the so, Pats are going to be better than people think this year. And I think one of those other three teams over there that everybody's, you know, touting, I think, uh, I think one of those other three teams going to implode. It might, it might even be Buffalo. So it we'll might see. be, yeah, they feel ripe for a little bit of a mini implosion and the Pats are going to be that. I know I keep telling Gibby, they're going to be the annoying team that the defense is just as it's a top five defense and they're going to do just enough to move the ball. The schedule's tough, but they're going to win nine maybe 10 games and sneak in the playoffs. It's going to happen, Gibby. I'm just telling I've you. I've got like, him at five and 12. And you don't. It's insane. Do it. <laughs> Bella, until proven otherwise. You heard it here. Yeah. For every win over five wins. Every time um, I talk to you, you, you take away another time. win. Yeah, because Belichick's <laughs> literally never won less than like seven games in his life. But you're going for it. <laughs> so so I circled the 12 losses when the schedule came out for the New England Patriots. Ben, um before we let you go, when the schedule came out, was there a city that you circled that you were like, oh, okay, ah, I'm excited yeah. to, I'm excited to go visit. Um, Have you so been to them all now? Night. Um, yeah, I've been to, I've been to everyone now. So, okay. Um, that's, you know, and the, you know, of course, London, um, now the goes, of course, the Germany, I, I'm not going to that, but, um, yeah. would have liked to, would have liked to have done that. Um, no, I don't think that there's anything that, that just leapt out at me. I mean, it's cool getting going down to, to Phoenix, to Arizona, to go see my boy um, in his first yeah. set, as a head coach down there in a preseason game. That'd be fun. But, um, you know, no, I, I you know, uh, there wasn't anything that I just, I said, you know, looking at the Broncos schedule, I like the way it played out. Uh, it looks really yeah. easy early on. You, you got a couple of games in there that you might be able to uh, build some momentum off of. One troubling aspect of it, I think, is one, two, three, like Kansas City back to back to back there or whatever. Right. Um, uh, yeah, with uh, whoever there is in, is in between. But it looks it looks like a pretty good schedule. But it probably got pretty favorable for the Broncos in terms of appropriate rest, where the bye week is, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. So I I I didn't have any problems with the schedule really at all. Yeah. Yeah, it's KC. Oh, I didn't realize that. KC Packers and then KC. Yeah. That's uh and then the Bills. Yeah, it's but it's it's spaced out, right? Like that Bears game shouldn't be too tough. I mean, 
they're going to regress to the mean. They're going to win more games. They'll, but that's a tough division, too, because the Chargers are going to be good again. The Raiders will not. We can guarantee that. I know, Gibby, you don't like hearing this, but the Chargers are going to be a problem. They're going to uh, score points. They're going to score points. I, I can't wait for the Chargers-Patriots game and just uh, root against both teams. <laughs> I hope everybody zero, zero tie. <laughs> <laughs> But um, Ben, uh, thank you very much. We appreciate yeah, you coming on. We'll let you get back to cooking dinner. Um, yep. Stay and, safe with that pineapple, all right? We can't yeah. have any more injuries. And, and good luck. Making uh, making some Vietnamese chicken and a, and, a, and a pineapple bell pepper salad. So that sounds real nice, nice and fresh. I like that. Thanks for coming yeah. back on, man. It's good to see you. Yeah. We yeah, appreciate it. Thank you for the time. Thanks, Ben. Absolutely. All right, brother. Thanks, Ben. Thank you. <laughs>